This is the Fox Sports Florida Miami Heat podcast. I'm your host, Siri Fernandez, and joining me this week is Sun Sentinel reporter Ira Winterman. How's it going, and how's the weather up there in Cleveland? You know what? For Cleveland this time of the year, Siri, I really can't complain. At least it's sunny, and I got to tell you, if I come here once a year and see sun, I'm happy. So it might be going dipping into the 40s and 30s, but when you can actually look outside and not see it be so dingy and gray and dreary, I'm not complained. Uh, Lake Erie's still a little bit frozen over. <laughs> Have a good view of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not complaining. Right, right, right. And, um, so the Cavs have won 16 straight at home. What can the Heat do to break that streak? Do they Do they have a chance? I mean, honestly, I, I, I would like to tell you, based on the Heat's two home victories at American right. Airlines Arena, yes. But the fact that LeBron James comes out after practice going into the game and says every game matters for us the rest of the way, I think the Cavs want to gain their legs. This game comes after a three-day layoff for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to them. They don't want to lose three times in the same season to the Heat. I would find it very difficult, based on this Heat roster and this health report right now, for the Heat to beat the Cavaliers. Yes, they have beaten them without, you know, Chris Bosch before. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, a couple of times they did that. But I, I think this is a little different. I think this is winning time for the Cavs. And I think this is sort of just the tough part of the Heat schedule they got to push through. And after the game against Cleveland, that's when they really come down to critical mass. Right. So you don't think it's because the Heat match up particularly well with the Cavs or anything like that? No, I, I, I think the timing of the games, the, the Christmas game, I think as much as anything, I think you would agree, was one on emotion mm-hmm. from the moment in LeBron's return. I think the last game, Cleveland had one of their sort of blips where they couldn't find themselves, Kevin Love being injured, yeah. and, and he might miss time again coming up now. He set up practice, the contact portion of it, going into the Heat game because of his back issue. Cleveland's a better team. You know, when people talk about playoff matchups, and who would you rather have? You have to be realistic about what this season's heat with this roster and these injuries are. And if you do that, and if you look at it intellectually and not emotionally, you have to say the Cavaliers right now are a much better team than the Heat. Yeah, and and speaking of injuries, as as usual, I think we've touched upon this in every podcast we've done. Oh. Uh, now, now the news is that Shabazz Napier is out for the season. Is Are the Heat simply cursed? Have you ever experienced anything like this in, in your years covering the Heat? I mean, you know, the Heat right now, I think, are third in the NBA in total game time missed. And and there's no consistent. There's nothing you could say, okay, it's the training staff because it's all hamstrings or their ankles aren't taped. You know, I've been through teams with that where players either weren't wearing ankle braces or weren't getting their ankles taped, you know, or, or you could say the players weren't getting their flu shots and that's why everyone got sick. But it's been so much and so many different things that you can't say the Heat are doing X, Y, and Z wrong mm-hmm. when the injuries run the gambit of ABC through X, Y, and Z. It's just a bunch of freak occurrences that happen to teams, and I think it tends to snowball for whatever reason. And right now, when you look at the Heat, I mean, just the variety of injuries and the variety of players who've been stuck in, and to be without your number one first round draft choice, to be without the highest paid player on your roster, to be without one of your prime mid-level salary type exception players in Josh McRoberts, they've lost across the gambit. They lost at all positions. They've lost at all salary structures. And they've lost at all talent levels. To make the playoffs, to me, would be a heck of an achievement now. Right. Yeah, and, and that's true because they have to make the playoffs, I think, at this point. Because I think, I mean, everything has, has seem, seemingly gone wrong with them. I think just, uh, I think 
for for Dragic as well to make the playoffs. I think he hasn't been there since 2010. I think for Wade as well. Um, is is losing Napier a blow in the sense that they have less overall depth on the bench, or does this simply mean more more minutes for somebody like Chalmers or, or Tyler Johnson? Well, you know, I got to be honest. I mean, if you get into a situation again like they were in Boston, where all of a sudden Dwayne Wade is out and then Tyler Johnson sprains an ankle, right? Depth means a lot at this time of year situationally. You have some pretty big games coming up. Indiana on Sunday, then followed by the Charlotte game, showdowns, games that, just like we knew from the Milwaukee game a week ago, games that are worth double in the standings. Mm-hmm. So you want to have that flexibility. They don't have that now. If Dwayne takes a game off, and it means that you're starting basically Mario Chalmers and Goran Dragic, your next guard off the bench has to be Tyler Johnson, and there is no other other guard off the bench. I was almost looking today, wondering if the Heat could claim a, a, a injury exception roster spot mm-hmm. because effectively they have three players now declared out for the season. I think that could be an option. They could lobby the league, but right now with all their issues, their depth really is compromised throughout the roster. Correct. And and do you think Tyler has has maybe earned more minutes, or is he in you know like James Ennis? maybe a bit too reckless to play major minutes in the postseason should well, they make it I, I that far? Have, I think you have to go with what Eric Spolster thinks, and clearly he has played him ahead of Shabazz Napier mm-hmm. every game probably now for about a month or so. Right. So I think you sort of asked and answered you know, where he stands. Look, Napier has the potential to grow as an NBA player, but Napier on this roster probably is a 13th man. So I don't think you can overly lament losing your 13th man with eight games to go. You sort of have to have perspective about it. Now, you can question the rest of your roster, whether it's up to snuff or not. But I think of all the Heat's concerns, whether it's Udonis Haslam in the flu or Lou Dang and his knee bruise or mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade and, and bumping his shoulder and his elbow the other day against San Antonio, those all race far ahead of Shabazz Napier being out for the season. It's a shame for the kid. He never really found his footing. He was clearly a guy who was out of the rotation, almost down there with Zoran Dragic. And, and, and yes, to a degree, he could have gotten time like Dame Dennis did. But let's be honest, Eric Spolster's preference would be to have neither of them playing only because it means his regular rotation players would be there instead. Right. And, and, and we've seen Wade go for 40 points one night. And then there are other times where, it look, honestly, it looks like he could use some rest. But the, can the Heat afford to rest him on some nights or at least limit well, his minutes? You know, I, I got that on my Ask Ira column, and I got a lot of feedback from people. What are you crazy? There's two weeks left. You can't do that. Right. I think the real litmus test is coming up. In Detroit, got to win that game on Saturday and at Indiana on Sunday. Remember, the last two back-to-back the Heat have had against Washington and Sacramento. They sat Dwayne Wade out against Washington. He came back strong against Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And then just this past week, after he plays in Milwaukee because of the injury, he sits out in Boston. So he has not completed a back-to-back in a month. I think it will be really fascinating what happens because you know that that's a desperation game for Indiana, catching the heat on the second night of a back-to-back Sunday this is the last back-to-back. There's no more left on the Heat regular season schedule. We know there won't be back-to-backs on the playoff schedule. So the real question is, could Dwayne Wade survive one more back-to-back? We are going to see on Saturday and Sunday. And, and do you think that the Heat have a shot at, at that number six spot and catching up with the Milwaukee Bucks? 
Or does it look I, like only realistically you shoot for those last two spots? I mean, when you look at it, you know, and where they are, in the loft column, and then another game because of the head-to-head tiebreaker. Yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be a real tough challenge for the Heat. And the problem is, if Milwaukee does fall down and falls into a tie with other teams for 7th or 8th, and it becomes a multiple-team tiebreaker, mm-hmm. the Heat's 0-4 against the Bucks. When you go to three-team tiebreakers, really could hurt them against other teams. I'm not so sure the Heat aren't better off not having to get into a tiebreaker with Milwaukee, have them get number six, and with the three-team tiebreakers, fortunately for them, they're 4-0 against Brooklyn, they're 3-0 against Boston, they're 1-2 against Indiana with a chance to tie that season series, 1-2 against Charlotte with a chance to tie that season series. So I think they're set up well for tiebreakers. Unless Milwaukee drops down, they might be better off with Milwaukee staying at six. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but that, but it's true. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, what did you, what was your perception with uh, with Hassan Whiteside? How did he look in his return to action? Do you think his injury will limit him for the rest of the regular season? I got to be honest. I never thought he would look as good as he did look in that first game back against the Spurs. And the fact right. that he dunked, although if you notice closely, he never touched his fingers on the rim. He was careful. <laughs> the yeah. fact that he hit his first three shots and really had an and-one possibility where it should have been his first four shots until they overruled that situation. So I think when you look at all of that, I think he looked really good. I would not be surprised if he starts at Cleveland. I think against Moskov, he should start Mm -hmm. at Cleveland. And and honestly, I I don't think this is the kind of injury where if you push him too hard, it'll hurt the rest of his career. Yes, you might open that cut up. It might be a situation where the stitches don't take and he winds up having to miss the rest of the season. But I don't think it's the kind of thing where his career will be changed by it. So I think with the desperation of this team, you simply have to push your players, whether it's Whiteside's hand, whether it's Lou Dang's knee, whether it's Dwayne Wade's knee. You've got to push for everything because right now these are desperate times for the Heat. Yeah, and and you just mentioned Dang. Um, You know, I don't know how serious that injury is, but uh, I I wanted to focus a little bit on Michael Beasley. It seems like his production has has taken a little bit of a dip Mm -hmm. as of late. And, you know, I think it's great that he's rededicated himself to the defensive end, but doesn't he need to play to his strengths a little bit more and look for a shot? Because, you know, the Heat really do need some more scoring off the bench. Yeah, he has, he has to look for the right shot, and he has to step into it with confidence that he's not. And if you watch Michael Beasley late, lately, there's a hesitation. Yes, the Heat's primary objective is to keep the ball moving and get the best shot. But so many times when Michael's on the court, he'll come maybe with both Dwayne and Gorin off the court, and he is the designated scorer. You know, I found it really interesting. They just announced that Scotty Hobson from the Heat's D-League team was named D-League Player of the Month in March. He averaged 24 points, shot well over 50%. And you almost say to yourself, and I really was wondering about this, would the Heat be better off making one more move? I know it's late, mm-hmm. but they need offense. They need that guy that when Gorn is off the court or when Dwayne is off the court who can score, that's why Michael Beasley is here, mm-hmm. to give them those quick, quick six points to keep things afloat. And instead, he hasn't been able to do that. I don't know why. I don't know if he's pressing. I don't know if he's deferring. But honestly, he's almost been an offensive liability the last two weeks. Yeah, and you you wouldn't think that. There's one thing that he can do. He can definitely score. Um, you would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I'm sure this is a question that you also get on Ask Ira. What's your take on, on, on Josh McRoberts? Should he play if he's sufficiently recovered enough from his injury, or should they not risk it and just have him focus on, on the next Look, season? Look, I'm not a doctor, and I don't <laughs> play one in the newspaper online, right. but 
you don't know the degree of the injury. All we know is this. Kemba Walker had the same injury after Josh came back sooner. Derek Rose had the same injury after Josh is coming back right now. We very well could see him coming up next Thursday at American Airlines Arena when there's another nationally televised game on TNT against the Bulls. So we might see him in that game. And yet, Josh, we barely see at the bench. We, you know, we barely see at the road. He's only traveling now. Again, maybe he had a more severe meniscus than the other two. That's entirely possible. Maybe they told him if you push, you can create more damage. That's entirely possible. So I don't know. I would have liked to have seen Josh around a little more. I think it means a heck of a lot. You see it at the home games when you see Chris Bosh up on the bench and coaching and helping players right. and talking to them during timeouts. At least be actively engaged. Because as you know, one of the best things about the Heat, whether you call it Heat Nation or Heat Family or whatever, is the players are invested in one another. And it really has seemed, ever since that injury in December, that Josh really has almost been an outsider. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, it's funny because at the arena last night, uh, when they were promoting the next home game, they used Josh McRoberts on the, on the, on the cart. And I, I don't know if that's anything, you know, to go by, but it just made me think like, you know, you know, what's, what's the, the, the real negative of bringing him back if he can play? I mean, I know that if he can play, and again, we're not right. doctors, and Eric Spolstra, every single time we ask him, right. he says he has not started working with the coaching staff. And you know, you're like me. You get to the games early. You watch the players warm up on the court. We've never seen Josh McRoberts. I mean, no. we see players who were ruled out for the night. Birdman was ruled out for a couple of games. He still came out, shot his usual three-pointers and jumpers. He still was actively engaged. Right. We've seen a bunch of players who were injured, but they still came out, took their warm-ups. We have literally have not seen, maybe you have in practice, but I know I haven't. I have not seen Josh McRoberts dribble or touch a basketball Basically, since December. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And and um, you know, with Whiteside and Birdman when they were sidelined, um, were you surprised with with Haslam's uh, recent production? And and do you think that he can sustain something close to that for the remainder of the season? Well, one thing is, you know, some people have taken this the wrong way, but let's face it, when Whiteside and Birdman are out, someone has to get the rebounds. I mean, mm -hmm. the rebounds are there, whether it's a high team total or not, and Udonis is very good about that. And Chris Bosh always used to joke that Udonis, when they were starting together, would steal his rebounds. So to a degree, someone has to get him. That was Udonis. But he really stepped up big in that Detroit game. Yeah. I mean, Stan Van Gundy said, whoa, we're the taller team. We're the bigger team. We're the stronger team. They should not be out rebounding us. So I think what you can see from Udonis Haslam and why he still can carry the title of captain is that five, six, seven, eight, ten games a year, he'll still remind you of what he was and what he could be and how we can help. And that's why he keeps the job. And, and looking at the rest of that schedule, are there any games that the Heat, you know, can steal, can can maybe surprise people with, or, or what's what's I, the I record? I got to be honest with you. After the Cleveland game, yeah, I think except maybe for the game in Indiana, I think the Heat have a good chance of basically being the favorite in all the games. I mean, look, when you have a home schedule, even Toronto, when you have Toronto and Chicago and Charlotte and Orlando. There's a good chance that he will be favored or close enough for those games to be a push. Okay. You have to go into Detroit and win the game. You just have to. You have to go into Philly the last game of the season and win that game. So I think except for Sunday in Indiana, the Pacers are a good home team. They played very well against the Heat you know, at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I think basically the Heat will be even or a favorite in just about every game, including the Bulls in Toronto, based on how the Heat have played at home recently. So they should be in good shape after the Cleveland game. 
All right. Well, we'll. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, right? Because we never know what what happens with the Miami. No, no. That that's the one thing with the team. You never know whether they're going to win or lose, and you never know when you're going to get that press release from the Heat at five thirty p.m. telling you about a yet another injury from another player Yeesh. that you didn't even know existed. <laughs> right. 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 Well. Uh, until then, I guess uh, yeah, I guess um, we'll see what happens. And and thank you once again for 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 joining us this week. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, take care.